my faith for the loyal readers and the listeners. Welcome to another segment of a verse of the day. Today's verse comes out of Ephesians 4, 29-5-2. And it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as they loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul in today's passage is giving us sound advice on how to live a godly life. He starts off by telling us to not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. For those of you who can understand Paul's flowery language here, let me put it in simple and easy to understand terms. Easy to understand terms for you. If you can't say anything good or nice, don't say anything at all. Paul then goes on to say in the very next verse, which is verse 30. And do not grant the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. What exactly does Paul mean when he says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God? The Holy Spirit who lives within Christians is a person who can experience deep grief or sorrow, as Jesus himself did when he wept over Jerusalem or grieved on other occasions. As believers, we can cause the Holy Spirit grief or pain when we ignore his presence in our voice or limping. We can also grieve the Holy Spirit through unwholesome conversation and through hurtful or violent emotions and behavior. Grieving the Spirit leads to resisting the Holy Spirit, which can lead you to put, uh, put out the Spirit's fire, which comes from 1 Thessalonians 5.19. And finally, to insult the Spirit of Grace, Hebrews 10.29. The Spirit leads to blasphemy against the Spirit, for which there is no forgiveness. That is why Paul tells us to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Because all of these things are the sinful acts of the flesh. You encounter the fruit of a Spirit-filled life. This is where verse 32 comes in. In verse 32, Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What is this forgiveness that Paul is talking about here? To truly understand what Paul means by forgive or forgiveness, we have to go back to Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. It says, If your brother or sisters, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. If they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times come back to you, saying, I repent. 
you must forgive them. You can observe the following things from Jesus' statement about forgiveness. Number one, Jesus is concerned that we maintain an attitude that desires to forgive and help those who offend us, rather than an attitude of revenge or hatred. Number two, forgiveness and the end result of a restored, restored relationship cannot truly occur until the offending person acknowledges his or her wrong action and sincerely repents or expresses true sorrow and makes a complete change. If our willingness to forgive should not depend on the other person's attitude, keep in mind that Jesus was not referring to the same offense being constantly repeated. In addition, forgiveness does not necessarily mean that we should foolishly trust someone who continually wrongs us or others. And number three, the last thing that we get from this is we must forgive anyone who sincerely repents. Jesus' statement about forgiving seven times in a day is not meant to give his approval of habitual sin, which is the same offense over and over. Uh, nor is he saying that we must allow someone to severely mistreat or abuse us repeatedly. Instead, he teaches that we must maintain an attitude that is always ready to help and forgive others. Now this leads us into the last two verses of today's passage, which are uh, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, which they follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Paul here is telling us that though we are spiritually saved by God's grace, which is his unearned favor and love in enablement. We faithfully complete our, uh, we must continue to work out or walk out our salvation to the end. We must finish our race and faithfully complete our journey on earth. This does not imply an attempt to gain salvation or favor by God's works, oh, with God by works, excuse me. There is an expression of our salvation through ongoing spiritual growth and development. Salvation is not simply a gift received once and for all. It is lived out and fulfilled through a continual process of surrender to Christ and following His purposes. It often takes great determination if we are to remain steadfast and continue to mature spiritually. Just as we are not saved by good works, we do not work or watch out our salvation by mere human effort. Rather, we must continue to rely on the same thing which brought us salvation in the first place. God's grace and the Spirit's power given to us. In order to work out or in order to work out or walk out our salvation, we must resist temptation and sin and follow the great the desires of the Holy Spirit within us. This involves a sustained effort to use every God-given means available for defeating evil and experiencing Christ's life. This is part of the process of sanctification, which is the process of being spiritually purified, refined, and set apart for God's possession and purposes. The ongoing spiritual growth and development. We work or walk out our salvation by continually growing closer to Christ 
in doing so we take on his character and desires as well as the power to fulfill God's purposes for our lives and working, and working out our, or working or working out our salvation is so necessary and, and important and at times so emotionally involved that it must be done with fear and trembling. We must remember that we are not saved by our actions, good or bad, but our actions, good or bad, to reflect person to, to whom we truly belong. That concludes our verse of the day. We're now going to move into the 17th installment of our segment on Advent and Journey to Christmas. Today's topic is be faithful in the small things. God loves to operate differently from the world's perspective. He doesn't honor people for the same reasons the world honors them. He values faithfulness over fame and humility over power. And the night of his greatest miracle instead of revealing it first to kings or world leaders. God sent an angel to tell common shepherds. 2.8 tells us that their shepherds were living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. It's worth noting that these men were devoted workers, living next to their sheep, and caring well for the things they had been entrusted to steward. The shepherds were of low social status, but they were faithful people. God chose them to be the first recipients of the greatest news in history. Then they were at the front of the line to meet the Son of God in person. If feeling unimportant or overlooked today, Stop investing in what God has given you to do. If you feel your task is small, give it everything you've got. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. God is looking for people who will be faithful with little, so they can trust them with more. Whatever you have been assigned to do today, do it with all your might. God sees your diligence and rewards those who faithfully complete the task in front of them. Father, thank you for placing value on what the world seems to overlook. No matter what task you give me, I commit to working at it with all my heart. Help me not to get discouraged by worldly standards, but instead remember how you chose the humble, hard-working shepherds the first to know about the miracle of Christmas. Thank the shepherds. Thank you for choosing me to be a carrier of your good news, and thank you in advance for giving me more as I am faithful with what you have entrusted to 